0: Well, before we get going on this sermon today, I do want to say another thing about stewardship. We talked about it last Sunday, and I just want to thank you all, whether you're online, here, at the 1045 service. Thank you for your faithfulness. Um, You know, if you're not subscribing to the Gaten Church channel on Facebook, if you're not going on the website to see what's going on, I encourage you to do this. There was a picture of a pile of pizzas Waiting for these middle school kids. And you know what I thought? I thought, I want to be a middle school kid. I want to be there. The lake house looked awesome. They had lights on the porch. They had about 40 pizzas there. I was like, oh. God is busy here. God is moving here. God is calling us to bigger and better movement here. And as we go through this sermon today, you're going to hear, God wants you to be part of that. Um, And so I thank you for your faithfulness and encourage more. I encourage, whether you drop it in a box out here, go on, I'm going to get it wrong, Clint. Gaten.church slash give. So So thank you for that. Uh, I'm just going to ask God real quick to step in here, push me to the side and speak. So let's pray for two seconds. Father, we just, uh, we beg. Uh, We want to hear from you. This morning and so move me out of the way speak speak that we might hear from you this morning that in that hearing we would be changed changed to look and act and live more like your son changed in ways that change the world for you father that's our heart cry this morning our prayer, and we pray it in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I want to start out as we get into the sermon this morning apologizing for my low energy last week. I really am sorry. My bestie, Diana, said, ooh, it was a slow start. Took you a little while. And I have to say, boy, three days of rain on two back surgeries in the last year. I looked at the video and I looked like a crippled old man. Um, But I feel a lot better with the sun out this morning, so I think we'll do better today. Is that all right? (laughs) So last week I conferred on you the Holy Order of Biblical Historian. You guys know all about Chaldeans and Philippians and, uh, you know... uh, Uh, What did we talk about? Babylonians, Assyrians, Persians. I think we talked about all of that last week. So you guys got it now. You're historians. Then we entered into this amazing story of Esther. Um, Last week we met uh, Hadassah and her uncle Mordecai. We met them as they engaged a culture that was not their own that was not a culture of God's people. And it's really fair to ask, why do we value this story? God is not mentioned by name one time in the book of Esther. But I submit to you, and as we go through this again today, nevermore. In any book of the Bible, do you see the hand of God, the providence of God, the movement of God, the faithfulness of God that you do in the book of Esther? He's everywhere. He's all over it. He's all over them. And last week, we talked about, for such a time as this, we talked about the whole story. We talked about all this amazing movement of God, preparing, placing You know, raising up Esther so that she would be in a place that, you know, she could be a useful tool to the holy, sovereign God of the universe. And today we're going to talk about what's going on inside of her. What's going on inside of Mordecai? What's going on inside of these people who God is using so powerfully? So this morning we're going to talk about not for such a time... Is this? (laughs) We're going to talk about if I perish, I perish. As Mordecai came to Esther in the story that we walked through last week, he says, God put you here for this. Not something she really wants to be part of, not something she's looking for. She wants to, you know, hide under the. umbrella there and then God moves in her heart and she comes back in those powerful powerful words if I perish I perish and we noted immediately what does she ask for prayer Mordecai get them all get them all on their knees get them all in front of the throne, get them all asking God to move through this. So as we go into this this morning, you know what I want to start with is just, as we engage this story, what does God have in it for us? I mean, what is the value of it? Well, the value of it is that all of God's word is profitable. Profitable. Profitable for education, reproof, spiritual growth. That's what Timothy says. That's what Paul is saying in 2 Timothy. That all of this Bible, Esther included, is profitable to us. It teaches us about God's faithfulness. It teaches us about trusting in our salvation. It teaches us about stepping out in motivation Motivated by the faithfulness of God so that we could end up winning, laughing at the very hubris of the devil and his henchmen working in this world. It's really that kind of story. It's a story of a guy named Mordecai. We mentioned this last week. This guy's been in captivity his whole life. He's fourth, fifth generation captivity. And yet, he is faithful to God. He's walking with God. He is not going to bow down to Haman. He's not bowing down to anybody but the holy sovereign God of the universe. He's clear about that to the point of not just his potential death, But the extinction of his people, he's that clear about what God has said about worshipping anyone else but the sovereign God of the universe. That's Mordecai. God works through his plans and purposes to bring this young woman into his home to be adopted by Mordecai. You know, we're never told how her parents have died. We're never told any of the other backstory. We just know that this beautiful, turns out most beautiful young woman ends up in the home of Mordecai, ends up adopted by her because she's an orphan. Hmm. Smells like God. Smells like God. This craziness of an egomaniacal king who, you know, wants it his way. I'm drunk and I want to see my woman. You better get up here. And she says, no. She's out. That's crazy. I would hope my wife would just smack me in the head and say, you got to be kidding me. And she would, if everybody knows Catherine. Um, but it opens up this opportunity the biggest beauty pageant that the world has ever seen. And the most beautiful young woman Esther wins. (laughs) She becomes queen. She becomes ensconced in this place of you know authority this place of importance this place of opportunity. (laughs) Smells like God. God. And then it happens. We meet Haman. To say that Haman is evil is to discredit evil. He is that bad a man in this story. He is the classic antagonist to God's plans and purposes. It is all about him. He wouldn't fall on his knees for God if Ten people tried to push him down, and he demands that others fall on their knees for him. That sounds like a no worky for somebody like Mordecai. I'm not falling on my knees for anybody but the sovereign God of the universe. I'm surely not going to fall on my knees for you, Haman. And so there's trouble, there's anger, there's resentment, there's, I gotta get even. I want to win. I, I, human, I, 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 I'm bigger, I'm better than your God. And Mordecai says, I don't think so. You smell that? It smells like God, doesn't it? To put Mordecai in that position. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a couple minutes. About, hmm. Smells like my life. (laughs) Probably smells like yours too. You know, that's where we live. In this tension of a world that doesn't want to bow before our God. Who doesn't want us to bow before our God. And wants us to bow at the temple of man. As the story unfolds, we know that... um, you know, it, it goes really badly. Haman, you know, orchestrates a edict that will eradicate the Jews. This moment that we've already talked about where Mordecai and Esther are sorting this out. And Esther's like, dude, I just want to fly under the radar. I don't want to be involved. I'm sure that I can just, I'll, you know, I've changed my name. They don't even know I'm Jewish to out myself as big. ha, ah. ha. And Mordecai says, How do you not know that God has orchestrated all of this for such a time as this? And wow, talk about 180. <laughs> she comes back with, Okay, I'll trust. You know, you parents who, uh, you know, wonder, are your kids listening? You parents who get nervous and think, yeah, what's my kid's life going to look like? What are my grandkids' lives going to look like? Are they going to be churched? Are they going to be, you know what? She has grown up in the house of Mordecai. She has watched him on his knees night and day. She has watched his behavior. She has seen the modeling of what it is to love and serve God, I ain't surprised. It smells like God that <laughs> she comes around and says, if I perish, I perish. What else can I do? What else can you do if you have encountered the living, sovereign God of the universe? If you have Come face to face with the reality of who God is and who you ain't. What else can you do? (laughs) If I perish, I perish. Uh, Could you use a little help here? Could you get on your knees and uh, help me with this? Could you get on your knees and pray to God that not only are we successful in redeeming his people, could you pray to God that maybe I don't die? (laughs) That would be Wonderful. But it doesn't change whether she's willing. It doesn't change her willingness to step in and move in the flow of God's plans and purposes. Look, God is pretty serious about this stuff. You know, we read very early in the Bible, as God provides the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. No 401k gods, no job gods, no car gods, no family gods, no local gods, no other gods. God's pretty serious about this. I mean, he says in the Ten Commandments, no other gods. We don't worship humans. We don't worship false gods. We don't worship things that aren't Perfect. My friend Doug and I have been going back and forth this week on, you know, this whole sense of wonder when you contemplate, hmm, if God is the most beautiful thing, the most sovereign thing, the omniscient one, the all-loving one. I mean, God is love. We can't even he's just, he's merciful, he's graceful, he's all of these things rolled into one package. What else can God do but celebrate that? His perfection. (laughs) And so what's his call to us? Enter into that celebration. We cannot do anything but celebrate that. You come face to face with the reality of who God is, if I perish, I perish. I mean, it's just the reality. And in this situation, you know, we read in Deuteronomy, God is calling not just no other gods, but I need you guys to be a face to the nations. I need you guys to to ignore what's over here. Gosh, you know, I really, really, so we walked into Costco the other day, it was strategically placed. I mean, you didn't even get into the store more than ten steps, and there it was—LG OLED new TV, seventy-five inches. A picture that was like I could see it. I could see. It. I could see the Braves on that TV. I was like, "Oh my gosh! I got, honey, I gotta have this TV for Christmas." And then she looks down there and it says thirty-seven ninety-nine, and she says, "Probably not." <laughs> she said, how would you like a dishwasher? <laughs> um, don't look to the side, God says. Don't get off track. Right down the middle with me. This is where goodness is. This is where perfection is. This is where I am. Keep your eyes right here. So that the nations, the people, those who are Worshiping the TV. <laughs> oh, I just touched it. It was great. I played with it. It was awesome. God says, come back right here. You got 3799. I got people worshiping today. I don't know whether you guys know this. More people will worship today the holy sovereign God of the universe at risk of jail. Disappearance, family retribution, imprisonment, death. More people in the world will worship the Holy Sovereign God of the universe today facing all of that than what we're experiencing in here. Relaxed, comfy chairs, look at Doug, he's like totally relaxed. Because that's what happens when you keep your eyes on God. If I perish, I perish, right? So what happens as the story unfolds is Haman casts the lot of Pur in Persian. And we talked about Purim. Um, how God has redeemed his people through Esther, and the Hebrews today even still celebrate Purim, this holiday of celebrating God entering in through the person, through his plans and purposes to redeem his people against the lot casted by Haman. What's this story about for us? It's about that perspective. It's about reality. It's about the reality of living in a world absolutely full of spiritual warfare. We talk about it. It's really interesting. My daughter, uh, my second daughter, has just realized that the church she's going to is slightly Pentecostal. Uh, Tip-off was she was at Bible study and somebody said, uh, God redeemed me from the oppression of an evil spirit. And I was thinking, did you get it on video? I've never seen that. You know, is the devil at work in the world? Absolutely. You know, but I've never seen that. Could I see that? And she said, I couldn't tell any difference. <laughs> um, so she's figuring out her church is Pentecostal, which, I'm, you know, that, that's cool. They're great services, lots of fun. Um, but the devil is at work in the world, still today encouraging, putting TVs in our view in Costco, you know, keeping us comfortable in these wonderful seats and air-conditioned church buildings and at no risk. It's easy to look to the side and miss that he wants us down the middle. That's what the story is. Engaging us in. You know, let's cut to the chase right now. I mean, as God shares as his truth through Mordecai and says, Esther, get it! You were made beautiful. You were made to be adopted by me. You were placed into this beauty pageant. You won. You are now the queen. For such a time is this. As we get there, God has that for all of us. That's what we talked about last week. For all of us. I said, there's this wild little boy who grows up in Philadelphia and you know works hard on his testimony I didn't come to Jesus till I was 20 it was radical and uh, will ask me about it we'll talk about it but uh, just to keep it short uh, worked really hard on my testimony met the sovereign god of the universe through the person and power of Jesus Christ radically changed five church plants later and you know here I am standing at gate and I'm preaching to you to to challenge you to see where has God placed you in your job, in your neighborhood, in your family, with the friends that you do, in your recreation, whether it's tennis or golf or whatever. You have a story to tell. You have the story to tell. And He's placed you there. And right now I'm going to say, I don't know where you are in your walk, but what I'm about to say next If you're at home watching, put your cell phone down for five minutes. Just give me five minutes at home, because I know what I do when I'm watching online. It's on the big screen, and I'm on my phone. Put it down. Everybody put it down. I don't care whether you have no idea what I'm talking about, have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, been a Christian for a day, two weeks, two years, 40 years, don't even remember a time that you weren't a Christian. Eyes. Here's the truth. The truth is if this is real, if this is true, you know my kids when they were growing up always say how do you know the Bible's true? How do you know Jesus is true? And you know what I would say to them? If the Bible's true, Jesus is real. If Jesus is real, the Bible is true. We know that Jesus was real. There's so much extra biblical evidence. The stories are told not by believers. In fact, they're told more throughout history by people who aren't believers. Praise God. I smell them all over that. Jesus was real. The stories are recounted. Not by Carl. Not by people madly in love with him. But by people who want to see him despised. The Bible is true. And if this is true, if this is the story of the God of the universe... Don't care where you're at in the journey. <laughs> he wants you to slowly fix your eyes on Him and begin to step forward. We were at a friend's house the other night and talking about, I said, you know, how do you talk about if I perish, I perish? We were talking about a Wednesday night prayer. <laughs> Is God calling me to perish? To risk that? To go to Peru? And, you know, minister to people who don't have any sense of who that God is? Is that what God's calling us all to? Well, you know what He's calling you to? And this is why put the phones down, listen. He is calling all, all, you know when the Bible says all, whether it's in Hebrew or Greek, you know when you translate it, you know what it says? All, all people. No matter where you are in this walk with the Holy Sovereign God, he's calling all people to die to Jesus tells us, die to self. Pick up your cross and follow me. Now that may look completely different for every single person in here. If you're far away from God, it may mean taking a step today towards God. Doing some research, asking some questions, following up with people, saying how, what, what? What do we do? How, bleh, I don't know. Follow up. If you're at that stage where you feel like, "Oh, this is real," but man, if I do this, I got to change my life. And you know, don't worry about it. He's God. You enter into a relationship with Him. He just does it. You are just changed. It's not anything you even have to worry about. If you're here today and you've been a Christian one day, two weeks, two years, 40 years, don't even remember a time you weren't. He's calling you to die to self anew every day. And take another step. You know, it's God calling you to go die in India for People that you don't know. Maybe not today. But he's calling you into those plans and purposes. He's calling you into the plans and purposes he has specifically for you. I don't know where you're placed. Work, school, neighborhood, family. He's calling you into that. Take a step towards it. I'm going to go through four things that I think will help us get there. Number one, get into the mirror. Our old friend, the mirror. Remember that from James? Look, you can't fix what you don't know is broke. That's just reality. You know, occasionally my son will go, what is that on your face? Can I squeeze that? No, dude, no. Let me go in the mirror and look. I don't even know what it is. Oh, it's just dirt, thank goodness. Woo. Um, you were going to scab me up for nothing. Um, get in the mirror. Get into truth. Where am I? Where am I in this state? Am I close to God? Am I far from God? What's my next step look like? What might he be calling me to? Who can I share this amazing story with? I have not the cure to cancer. That would be trivial. To talk about life and death? God's talking about eternal life and separation from him. This is eternal stuff that he's given us responsibility for. It takes my breath away to think about the awe, the responsibility, the calling that he has on you, 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 all of you, because your phones are still down, no matter where you are, far away from God, you've been walking with him for a long time, All of us have that call on our life. Get in the mirror. What do I got to do? What's that next step look like? And then I'm afraid Esther has it right. Hit your knees. You know, we read in the word that it tells us to be in the conversation with God. Once you know the truth, once you know where you are, once you have an idea of what that next step is, I guarantee you, you can't take it absent the power of the living God of the universe. Absent the work of the Holy Spirit in your life today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can't take those steps. I can't take those steps. Are you kidding me? I can't walk into Costco without laying hands on a TV. It just, I can't. I need Him. The only way to get in that conversation is to be in the Word. To hear from God. To understand His plans and purposes. To put perspective on the work I'm doing in the mirror to get into truth. The only way to hear from God is to both be in the Word and on my knees. Look, I'm not kidding you, God knows your every thought. He numbered the hairs on your head, He knew you before you were born. He knows what your life is going to be. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life for for eternity, actually. And yet he still says, hmm, come to me (laughs) with your heart's desires, your worries, your fears, your celebrations. Come to me. Because we're in relationship. I need you to know me. I need you to know my plans and purposes. I need you to have that to figure out that next step. The word, prayer, daily. The mirror, word, prayer, daily, puts me in a position where God can move me. You know, maybe I need to be praying for my friend Vijay in India. Maybe he's not calling me to die in India, but he's certainly calling VJ to put his life on the line daily in Gujarat. And I need to be on my knees for him. I need to know what's going on there. I need to know how I can support it. You know, I've shared earlier about stewardship. Guess what? This church gives to global missions, you know, through North American Mission Board. We are supporting the work of God throughout the world. These guys are heading back to Peru if you didn't know that. Woo! Answer to prayer. Um, We support that. I mean, maybe he's not calling you today to die on a hill in India, but he's calling you to be part of it. And you know what we always say? Follow the money. Jesus talks more about money than anything else anything else because he knows we get trapped in the world it's the devil's best weapon oh i kind of i can't i can't i got bills i guess what if he's god if this is true you don't think God can fund it. You don't think God can pay your rent. You don't think God can get you a car that's good enough to drive. You don't think God can feed you, feed your kids, meet your medical care, all of that. If this is true, here's my 10 bucks. It's all I got. You got it, God. <laughs> Do what you want because that may be my next step. Number three, armor up. You know, God tells us in His Word, you are in the middle of this spiritual battle. I didn't put the TV there. (laughs) The world put the TV there. The Lord of the world put the TV there and He's trying to distract you with it. Armor up! Listen to your wife when she smacks you in the head. That's how it works. You need to be... Do we have that up there on the screen? (laughs) Um, Put on the breastplate. Carry the sword. Move forward. Armored. Ready. For what the world throws at you. Because you've been in the mirror. You've been on your knees. You've been in the word. Put it on. Get it all on there. And number four. Step out. You know what? There's somebody who God is going to bring into your life this week. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. You have no idea. Somebody at work. Somebody in your house. Somebody in your neighborhood. Somebody that you encounter in the Target or Wegmans or wherever it is. God is going to bring somebody into your life this week. When you're walking through the world armored up, You smell different. You smell like Jesus. People say, what's that smell? (laughs) Literally, they say that. What's that smell? Something's different. The way he walks. The way he talks. The way he's engaging. Armor up. And God can use you because you're ready for battle. You're ready to take those steps. You're ready to be used by God. So this week as we go, I'm going to challenge you guys. What a week to start. I think it's supposed to be like this all week. Beautiful, sunny, you know. Celebrate that. Jump out of bed when the sun comes up. Although it's coming up really late now, you know. It's really hard to work out when it starts. Um, But get up in the morning. Get in that mirror, say, okay, God, what are we working on today? What do you have for me? Where am I at? Was I in the Word yesterday? Did I pray yesterday? Have I prayed with my wife in the last week? Have I prayed with my kids? Have I shared the gospel with anybody? Have I you know, given to some powerful work that you're doing? Have I done something to reach the 120,000 people within three miles of this church in the last week? hmm, what you got for me, to God? What do you got for me today? And I guarantee you're going to hear, open the book. Open the book. Open the book. Don't care where, don't care how, I'm going to invite you into this. I'm going to ask Clint to put it on the website. A bunch of us have been meeting on Sunday afternoons. We're reading the Bible through in 90 days. (laughs) awesome. It's about the sixth time I've done it. Um, We didn't make it in 90 days. But we got close. So tomorrow we start the New Testament over the next three weeks. Join us. Just join us. We'll put the reading plan on the website. Can we do that, Clint? He says yes. We'll put that reading plan up there. Join us. Then you don't even have to think about what to read. Tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to read Matthew. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Open the book. Get on your knees. Get on your knees alone, with your family, with the people of God. I can't tell you how awesome last Sunday afternoon was in the pouring rain, as, as Diane said, as the sound of the rain just got louder. and la- It was awesome. Oh my gosh, to pray with the people of God to join into that connection of the Spirit. It is powerful. We'll be in here second Saturday of November. Don't know what the date is, but we'll be in here to do it again. Join us. It's amazing. Armor up. The mirror, the word, prayer. Armor up. And you're ready. You're ready. There's going to be no hesitation. You're going to be in the Wegmans and the checkout lady is going to say, Oh, man, there was something different. And you'll start a conversation and you'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, where do you go to church? Do you go to church? Maybe they say yes, maybe they say no. This is what's going on in my church. I can't help but not tell you because it's so awesome. We have all these kids coming for space. We have young adults who are coming to the park in the pouring rain to pray with God's people. What? 19, 20-year-olds coming to the park in the pouring rain to pray? You don't think God's moving? And we didn't even give them food. They had to bring it themselves. Share that and watch God move. Watch God change you. Watch God change this area. As the band comes up here, let me pray for us and challenge you. Father, we... uh, we long to be people that you use to change not just here not just the lives of 120,000 people within three miles but the world we want to enter into what you're doing we want to be part of that so father move us this week move us tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Friday to get in the mirror Get in your word. Get on your knees to armor up and take bold steps for you. Father, that's our heart cry. That's who we want to be. Father, we long, long to perish for you tomorrow. We long to die to self. Tell us what cross we're picking up. that we can carry it to victory father we love you we honor you we're overwhelmed by you and we are as we encounter the one in whose name we pray your son our savior our lord jesus amen